The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Round Ball Ramble, Hoop Ball Presentation. Y'all already know I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA, C-O-R-B-A-N-N-B-A. Make sure to check out the fine folks of Hoop Ball online, hoop-ball.com on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. Got a lot of great stuff going on. You can check out pretty much daily at this point, it feels like, um... YouTube videos by the fine folks of HoopBall and what to watch for every night from a fantasy perspective. You have great plays. You have our fearless leaders, Aaron Bruski and Dan Bespris around just so many others. Adam King, I mean, Brandon Marks, just so many other great people on HoopBall that are just not just hoop pros. We could even talk about my friend Lawrence, LB said it. We could even go down to uh, <laughs> the great pod of HoopBall Hawks where my man Brad Harden is. I mean, there's so much. There's so much. Just check it out. Uh, don't take my word for it, <laughs> to quote the great LeVar Burton. Anyways, got a little bit of news to break down. Uh, trade market is starting to heat up, weirdly enough. I mean, we're about a month away from any real action happening, but still. And, you know, we're going to break it. We're going to get into it. So without further ado, let's get started. First piece of news, apparently against everyone's obvious better judgment, there will be an NBA All-Star game. And not only that, because this was more or less decided a couple weeks ago, but guess what? You won your three-point shootout, you won your dunk contest, you couldn't get enough of that in the middle of the pandemic either, right? Well, guess what? You're in luck, because apparently that's going to happen as well. Yes, I wish I were joking, but Sunday, March 7th, will be NBA All-Star Weekend, where apparently we are going to get the three-point contest and the skills challenge, along with the dunk contest. So, this was a report, uh, let me get the uh, facts here, according to Athletic Sham Sharania, and later, correspond, uh, later uh, backed up by uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, the dunk contest is going to be held at halftime of the game. Remember, this is a 2021 All-Star game that was slated to be held in Indianapolis, but obviously it was initially canceled due to COVID-19. Now, you know, because money talks, it's going to be held at State Farm Arena in Atlanta, which is also right next to where TNT will be able to do all their coverage, so it makes it a lot easier for them as well. And, you know, there is something, I guess, coming out of it good. It's going to aid local historically black colleges and universities in addition to COVID-19 relief. Uh, and you know what? They're putting more people at risk, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, not really understanding what's going on there. But according to The Athletic, those vaccinated for COVID-19 the All-Star Game will not be required to undergo daily PCR testing following the date of the team's last game before All-Star Weekend until the day that these individuals return to their teams. So, again, I mean, if you want it all condensed into one day, congratulations, that's what you have, because you're going to have your three-point shootout and your skills challenge during the pregame leading up to it, and then you're going to have your dunk contest at halftime, you know, so you have a full night of all-star basketball, and that's in a single game, and you have so many different contestants across so many areas with no fans, uh, unless they let some in because this is Atlanta. I, I don't know how I feel about any of this, okay? I really don't know, because on the one hand, I guess you are helping historic black colleges, right? That's that's always a good cause. You're always, you're helping COVID-19 relief. That's great. You're raising money for that. The bottom line, though, is if you cut through all the, all, just cut through the stuff, and, and the bottom line is that it's all about money. It's always been about that, and we all know this. So I guess the ultimate question is, does the risk of individuals from all these teams in this one area um, possibly contracting COVID-19 and then bringing it back to their respective home bases, to their teammates and personnel, is that worth it? And if you ask the NBA with money involved, yes, it is. It's part of the reason why you had the season pushed up, 
you know, from when it was originally supposedly talked about during Martin Luther King um, Day over to Christmas. Again, the money. It's just like where you have that juxtaposition of, I don't even know how to really contextualize this. Like, it's entertainment. We get it. The money is there. We get it. There's more to be had if you go about this a certain way. Obviously, there's more money to be had with an all-star game than there is without one, period. But considering everything going on, considering the just supposedly super strict rules that the NBA has had concerning COVID-19 and protocol around players to the point that players have spoken out in certain aspects as to why they feel uncomfortable with that, George Hill uh, probably more especially, it's just kind of weird to then go and say, okay, you know what, though? We are going to do this. And you know what, though? We, it's not enough to give just an all-star game. We're also going to add the pregame show, where all, the dunk contest and the skills challenge and three-point shoot. It's just so much going on. And you're going to need personnel in there as well for that. So it was just this melting pot of people from all over. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. At some point, I just think reason has to come into play. And this isn't sound reasoning to me. But who am I? You know, I'm just a guy talking about the NBA, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not the guys or girls making the decision, the men and women out there uh, making the big money moves here. That's not me. That's just my opinion. But personally, I just don't think it's wise. Hey, guess what? Uh, week 8. Can you believe we're already in week 8 of the NBA? I know, it's crazy. Uh, speaking of that, Devin Booker and Sadiq Bey were named NBA Players of the Week for their performances during this past week. Devin Booker averaged 32 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds as his team went 4-0. With the Phoenix Suns, they've been playing very well. We'll get to them in future shows for sure. Wow, Sadiq Bay, Sadiq Bay, man, jeez Louise. First of all, let's let's just give the Pistons some love here. Pistons won three and one this past week. Can can I get a witness to the competitiveness of this team now? <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly kidding, but like they were losing. Yes, they're still dead last in the East. Well, if Washington didn't exist, but at the same time, they're being competitive most every night, mostly every night, and. I mean, they have a week together right now where they can string together some wins, and that has to feel good. So, good good shout out to Detroit there. But going back to Sadiq Bay, 17.8 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, shooting 69% from three. This brother has been hot from beyond the arc. I wish I were kidding. Uh, against the On February 9th against the Nets, he put up 15 points on 6-6, six six, shooting 3 of 3 from three, right? Fine. Then, uh, February 12th against the Celtics, he put up 30 points. Uh, 10 of 12 shooting, 7 of 7 from 3. And then against the Pelicans two nights later, 16 points on 4 of 8 from 3. The guy is the guy is just, he's, he might as well be Aaron Naismith right now, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, it's crazy. Uh, going back to Devin Booker, though, 36 points against the Cavs, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, followed by a 1-point win over the Bucks, where he put 30 points on efficient shooting alongside 6 rebounds and 3 assists. Then he went off against 76, with 36 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, before closing it out against the Magic with a pedestrian 27 points on 10-16 shooting, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. The Phoenix Suns have been playing really well, as we all anticipated going in. So, I mean, it's just nice to see them finally mesh and get some things going. They're fourth in the Western Conference right now. Uh, they have a big game tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. That'll be interesting to see how they are, especially without Kevin Durant. And that is the next piece of news. Uh, if you remember, Kevin Durant had missed the last uh, couple of games due to COVID-19 protocol. Then he came back against the Golden State Warriors, put up uh, some good numbers there in his return uh, to Golden State. And now he's going to miss at least the next two games as he's been diagnosed with a mild hamstring strain. So fortunately, he did avoid a more serious injury. Unfortunately, you know, having more treatment and missing that is is, is not great news, right? Good thing it isn't serious. Good thing it's not something that seems to be long-term. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's bad. 
Either way, look at Kevin Durant in general. Through 19 games so far, coming back from a torn Achilles tendon, 29 points, 7.3 rebounds, 5.3 assists, shooting 52% from the field, 43% from three. The guys come back like he never left almost. I mean, I'm sure you can really scrutinize, nitpick, and see, you know, a little bit of decline in athleticism, whether that's due to the Achilles injury or to, you know, age is something different. But at the end of the day, I mean, if it wasn't for uh, Joel Embiid, you know, Nikola Jokic and LeBron James, this guy would be right up there in the MVP conversation. He is in the top five. I take those three, add him, had Kawhi, although Kawhi's kind of slipping, unlike anything for himself, just injuries, you know, it's it's a thing. Speaking of that, news on injuries. So first, the big one, Anthony Davis aggravated uh, uh, in, uh, right uh, Achilles uh, tendinosis, apparently, against the Denver Nuggets a couple nights ago. He had an MRI, which revealed a calf strain and a re-aggravation of that. So he's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks. He's already recently missed time with that issue on the same leg, and now the team is going to play cautious. But here's my thing about the Lakers and that in general. So going into uh, Sunday's game, the Lakers sat at 22-6. and six. Second in the West. I mean, if it wasn't for the red-hot Utah Jazz, they'd be just fine. So why? On a team that has had mild rumblings from certain players about not getting enough minutes. I'm looking at guys like Markeith Morris. I'm looking at guys like Wes Matthews, who've been professional, but haven't been able to get the minutes because of just how many people are in the rotation that are you know, able to play situationally uh, certain parts better, whatever the case may be. You get all these guys who are chomping for minutes, who are, have been or are continuing to prove themselves capable members of this Lakers squad. Are you forcing Anthony Davis or better yet, enabling Anthony Davis to play despite him being at least temporarily hampered by injury. Does it make any sense? You rest him out, you have plenty of cushion. Like I said, 22 and 6. That's a lot. In a Western Conference, that's tight, but I mean, come on, there's three teams at the top. It's the Lakers, it's the Clippers, it's the Jazz. Alright? In no particular order, so don't get all twisted up about that. But it didn't make any sense to begin with. And I remember liking, um, retweeting a tweet Dave Dufour said, which is like, why are you doing this? It doesn't make any sense. Like, rest the guy, come back fully healthy. Well, they didn't do that. And I'm not sure about the nature of the injury. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure of it now, but it's still a lot there to unpack. My friend sent me a video um, that I was watching about it from a doctor's perspective. And, you know, you're reading press releases and things of that sort. But bottom line, I'm not a doctor, so it's weird, you know. And I've heard conflicting reports about it being uh, something that can heal up with rest or being something that cannot. But bottom line, check out the athletics piece if you can. Uh, otherwise, there's plenty of resources out there to find more in- information regarding his injury. Bottom line, it didn't have to happen. That's the bottom line. Now, he's being out and reevaluated among a tough stretch. Maybe if he sat out this game and one other, he'd be available for some of the more marquee games ahead for the Lakers to kind of see where they are, measure themselves up against teams that are coming to, you know, that are really kind of lining up against them because that's ultimately where it's at. And they have a, a pretty much a good slate of games that, th- that they're going to be without AD for that they would rather be with AD for. I mean, it starts with tonight's game against the Timberwolves, but okay, Minnesota, dead, dead last in the West, whatever. But then you have the Brooklyn Nets. You know, still minus KD, but whatever. Uh, you still have Miami Heat. Then you have the Washington Wizards, okay. But then you have the Jazz. That would be a heck of a game to watch between the matchup between those two. And you don't have AD there. They're holding him out through again, probably the All-Star break. So miss that. Miss the game against the Trailblazers. Miss the game against the Warriors. Miss the game against the Suns and the Kings. And then we start talking about him possibly getting around to, to checking again. Uh, that's That's not it, Chief. That just ain't it. It just didn't make any sense to me. Bottom line. You know, and that's the last thing you want to do when your team, as solid as they may be without LeBron James and AD, you know, they, they have some decent players. 
are only going to go as far as LeBron James and Anthony Davis take them. All of a sudden, you're looking at how many minutes LeBron James is playing at 36, despite being an MVP candidate. All of a sudden, you're looking at Anthony Davis and how he returns and whether he's able to play at this level consistently moving forward or what that means um, if he's pushed, you know, later on. You know, if he's not able to find his 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 mojo in terms of his his regular season form, because remember, he's already had a subpar season up to this point by his own standards. And certainly, you know, for for Laker fans that expected uh, a resounding second season coming off of that championship year last year. So there's a lot there that you wonder about Anthony Davis that you wouldn't have had to worry about as much, if at all, if you had just let the man rest. Maybe he could be his own worst enemy. I don't think a player goes, hey, I actually don't want to play. I don't think that's something to said personally but even if it isn't if you're looking at the long-term future of this team for championship contention for this year and moving forward and we're not talking about like two three years ahead we're just looking at this immediate year right now the last thing you want to do if you have even the slightest hint slightest iota of concern over a player over any sort of injury that might seriously impact long-term future achilles come on that's not something to play around with then you take that opportunity. You're not in the middle of, of the race for eighth. You're not right in the pack for four and five. You're sitting at number two with a good chance of being number one with a team that's pretty solid and has one LeBron James. Doesn't make any sense to me. That's my rant on that. Other injuries. Uh, Kawhi Leonard revealed uh, he has a leg contusion. His coach revealed that on Sunday. He's dealing with one uh, no timetable for his return, uh, missing at least the next two games. But like I said, no timetable. Lou mentioned he suffered injury during the road trip, but he didn't really offer any specifics on when they can expect him back. So he is on the mend as well. Remember, Paul George is still out with that toe injury. So you have the Clippers sends both their stars right now. Unfortunate, but they do have a deep team, and it's going to be a little test of their depth. Marcus Smart, he's been out with the calf tear. He's going to continue to be out indefinitely. Uh, he revealed that while he's recovering from this, he doesn't feel close to playing. He's not actually where he wants to be. It's tough just because being hurt, it's a whole process. It takes time, end quotes. Now, initially it was reported that he was going to miss two to three weeks after reviewing the results of his MRI, but now, unfortunately, it does feel as if he's more uh, uh, further away from his return than at least initially expected. So there you have it on injuries. It is a, it's a shame, uh, especially since the Celtics are reeling without the loss of Marcus Smart uh, just in general. You know, they had just a, a brutal loss, um, just brutal loss to the Washington Wizards two nights ago. So not great for them. All right, trade stuff. Yep, the trade, trade season is coming along. We can see the clouds in the horizon, and it is rumbling. Start with Cleveland. Andre Drummond, his time with the Cleveland Cavs looks like it is coming to its finale. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski and Ben Brian Windhorst, excuse me, it's reported on Monday that the Cavs are actively trying to trade Drummond and have no plans to play him while they try to find a trade partner. Now, this decision to stop playing Drummond was reportedly made by Drummond, his agent, and Kobe Altman. So at least you can look at that and realize that they're all trying to work together to make this thing happen, which, you know, obviously this thing would be Drummond moving on to greener pastures. Now, where would that be? I really don't know. Like, Toronto will be a nice fit for him. If you look at their big play, it's been very lackluster this year. You look at a team like Brooklyn, again, not sure how that works money-wise at all. I, I just don't think it's possible, but, like, they would definitely like that, you know? I think he'd be a heck of an upgrade over DeAndre Jordan, you know, in terms of what he fits in with this team, gobbling up rebounds, things of that nature. Uh, it's just hard-pressed to find another team, the Blazers. I, again, I don't know how that works. Uh, I mean, it doesn't help that uh, Drummond, you know, and some of this is, I don't want to say some of this is, like, aggregation or whatever, but he did, he wore it, so it's sad, he came in uh, Sunday's game, not dressed to play, obviously, but arrived at the arena wearing a sweatshirt that said farewell, I mean, that's about as, um, what is the word I'm looking for, that's about as as, as suspect or as, as, as just innocuous as Anthony Davis, that's all, folks, <laughs> jersey, a uh, shirt a couple years back, doesn't make any sense, now, 
Again, where could he end up? That's a lot. It's a lot. According to Sham Sharania, the Toronto Raptors, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Dallas Mavericks have inquired about him. However, the Nets and Mavs are reportedly only interested if the Cavs buy out the rest of Drummond's contract, which, at $28.7 million, eh, you could see why they wouldn't want to do that, right? Drummond's in ninth season. Over 25 games this year, he's already averaging 17 points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and a block per game. So, I mean, he's been productive. Had a 30-20 point game this year. He's been productive. But again, finding a fit for him is going to be weird. Does Cleveland eat that money? I don't see it. That's a lot to eat. But at the same time now, if you're Cleveland, you feel okay because you can move forward with Jared Allen, who you just recently brought over from the James Harden deal. Now he's their team starter, and that means that they can, you know, re-extend him come the summer. So at least you're on that. And Drummond is on an expiring deal. But still, I don't know. Dallas, it would be an interesting fit. Having a big like that, gravity to the rim. Um, you know, uh, Toronto, like I said. But uh, it's weird. It's weird. Speaking of another weird situation regarding a player making a lot of money who is trying to find his way onward and out, uh, Blake Griffin. Yes, that's right. Blake Griffin and the Detroit Pistons have reportedly met, and now Blake Griffin is to sit while the Pistons weigh either a trade or a buyout option for the former All-Star. Um, of course, Troy Weaver, he told ESPN that he'll be out of the lineup until the franchise and his representatives can work through a resolution. They will continue to pursue trade scenarios involving Griffin and talks on a contract buyout with his agent, who is Sam Goldfelder of XL Sports. So uh, that might come into focus. But right now, it's one thing for sure. The Pistons are moving on to a rebuild. They're doing this under Weaver. And this gives him a chance to play with younger guys. Griffin at 31, I mean, this is more than likely the end of Griffin as a starter. I, I don't see him going to another team and immediately making that up. He's had a interesting year. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, he has definitely looked like a shell of himself. Um, and that's not forgetting the decent three-point shooting you're getting. I mean, for the year, it's just been pretty bad. 12 points, 5 rebounds, just under 4 assists a game. 31% from three, actually, that's not as good as I thought. 36% from the field, doesn't really have a lot of explosion, no lateral quickness, but he's still an accomplished and, and great player. It's just injuries have sapped a lot of what he brought to the table. Still a very skilled guy. But again, finding a trade for Griffin is going to be difficult. It's going to be a challenge. He's owed a remaining $36.6 million this season. That bumps up to $39 million next year. That's crazy. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Now, again... Griffin had some solid performances. Uh, he had 12.6 assists and four rebounds in a road victory over the Boston Celtics uh, in their just latest game that he played. But again, as I said, this is a guy who for his career 21-8-4. and four, tw- Basically 21-9-5, and five, you round that up. And you're saying a good game is 12-4-3? Is and three? Eh, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel so bad for Blake. I mean, here's the thing. Look at the situation. You know, he went from having a mock jersey retirement in, with L.A., with the Clippers being shipped out to Detroit. He had one really good year with them, and injuries, unfortunately, just took the rest of it away. Uh, and, you know, now he's clearly uh, on the back half of his career. But he could still make a great player, in my opinion, in spots, you know, in, 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 in moments where he can come out and, and do some some real good. I'm looking at a team like, I don't know, the Lakers. <laughs> that that would be nice to me. Um, fitting in, especially right now, you don't have Anthony Davis. Uh, why not, you know? Uh, you know, I'm sure the Mavericks would have some interest uh, in the same vein that I think the Blazers might have interest in a big who can do more than traditional big things. Uh, but let's be real. I mean, it's not it's just not it's weird. It's going to be weird. And particularly for the Blazers, which I if I didn't if I if I wasn't a Lakers fan, I would definitely want Blake to go 
to the Blazers, but I just don't see that really happening. I mean, again, the money that he makes, the Blazers would have to give valuable assets to get balance on that. And if he's going to come out to buy out, I just don't know. You know, is he going to go to Portland? And, I mean, even if he goes over to Portland right now, I mean, if you have Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Hans healthy, where does Blake Griffin fit on there? And not where does he fit in historically, because obviously Blake Griffin is better, clearly. But just like 2021, where does Blake Griffin fit in there? And then again, Portland doesn't have many expiring contracts. So outside of Ennis Cantor, you know, who would you who would you throw out there that would kind of come off the books anyway? And if you throw out Ennis Cantor, well, great, you have him gone, but who's your center? So it just doesn't make any sense. Now, Neil O'Shea, he drafted Blake Griffin. You know, he has some experience with them. But, I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um at least from a financial perspective, from a trade construction perspective. I don't see it. I think he should go to the Lakers. I mean, they need, uh, they, they they have a need. He fills that need, you know, boom, there it is. Like, it's not that hard to meet. Looking ahead to some more news concerning the future of the NBA, uh, as far as the 2020, 2021 NBA draft to be exact, uh, Jalen Johnson. Yes, Jalen Johnson, uh, currently ranked the number six pro- NBA draft prospect by ESPN, the 6'9", 220-pounder, uh, he just announced that he is done playing basketball for Duke University. It has ended during his freshman season. He's now is setting his eyes on the NBA. Uh, Johnson, former prep standout at Sun Prairie, uh, he is announced he will forego the rest of this freshman season and declare to the 2021 NBA draft according to a release from Duke uh, last night. He played in 13 games there, including eight starts. He was third on the team in scoring, averaging 11 points per game and second in rebounding at 6.1 per game. This is his statement. Quote, I appreciate everything about my time at Duke. Coach K, my teammates, and the program have been nothing but supportive throughout this season, especially during the rehab of my foot injury. My family, coach, and I made the decision that I should not play the remainder of this season so I can be 100% healthy in preparation for the NBA draft. This is not easy, but we feel it's best for my future. I have nothing but love for the brotherhood and thank my teammates and everyone associated with the program. Duke will always have a special place in my heart and it will always be a part of me, end quote. Now, remember, Johnson chose Duke over the University of Wisconsin, Kentucky, and making the most horrible decision I've ever remembered, choosing Duke over the University of Arizona. And yes, I may have a sore spot for University of AZ. Bear down. Anyways, all in all, I mean, Johnson was bothered by that foot injury. He missed several games at the beginning of the sophomore season uh, before he even got to college because of that left foot injury, which he said with a stress fracture, and so that messed him up. He started out hot with Duke. He had a 19.19 rebound game against Coppin State, 8-8 from the field, which set a freshman record for Duke for most points in the game on 100% shooting. But again, that injury was rough, and he still came back and put up some numbers. Against Pittsburgh, 24 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 block shots, no turnovers. Twice named Atlantic Coast Conference Freshman of the Week, and he was ACC's second-leading freshman scorer to teammate DJ Stewart. So he put in some work, and he's going to be looked at really interesting uh, going into the 2021 NBA Draft. So I got to say on that. All in all, though, shout out to Duke. Blue Devils had at least one player selected in 33 of 40 drafts under uh, Coach K, who has tutored a total of 67 draft picks since taken over from Duke, including a draft record 41 first-round selections. Jeez Louise. Yeah, it's a lot. Anyway, that's news uh, from the college perspective. And now we look at games that will be played for tonight. Got a little bit of a slate here. So, you know what they say, uh, let's break them down. <laughs> so, all times Eastern, uh, Nuggets versus Celtics, that will be a fun one. Uh, not, I mean, that's going to be an interesting game to watch. I'm, I'm intrigued how the Celtics respond. They've been pretty, 
I mean, dare I say disappointing? I mean, they have. Uh, the one bright spot that I've really liked is Jalen Brown. He's really coming to his own. I have not felt the same about Jason Tatum. He's played solidly enough, but at the same time, like, uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to come across any type of way. Uh, but I feel like there's some regression there. I mean, we were all so high on the kid, and, and here we are. That's five my time. Excuse me, I'm on the West Coast. 7 o'clock Eastern. That's a league pass candidate of game of the night. 7.30 on TNT. The New Orleans Pelicans will play the Memphis Grizzlies. John ja Morant, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas. Clash of the Titans. Let's get it, right? <laughs> 8 o'clock. The Toronto Raptors will play the Milwaukee Bucks. That will be a fun game. It usually always is. Uh, we'll see how the Raptors at 12 and 15 uh, attempt to stop uh, Giannis. That's going to be fun. 8 o'clock. League pass. Again, Lakers versus Timberwolves. This is the first game the Lakers will be playing moving forward of this no AD long-term experience. Uh, they basically playing a team that has the complete opposite of the record. Lakers at 21 and 7. Timberwolves at 27 and 20. So we'll see how that is. A shout out to Malik Beasley, though. He's been playing just as how he was last year, and he is on fire from three. 8 o'clock, another league pass game. Trailblazers versus Thunder. This would be my other candidate for, for, for league pass uh, game of the night if we didn't have Nuggets versus Celtics. But looking at the Blazers, I mean, Damian Lillard's just been on fire. He hit that goal, had three to put down Luka Doncic's 44 points and the Mavericks over the weekend. And he's playing a scrappy Thunder team that is just as good as their 11-15 and 15 record, and that's a surprising enough record as it is. Shea Gilgis-Alexander averaging 22 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, got Dame. It's going to be an interesting game. On TNT to close out their slate of programming NBA-wise, you have the Brooklyn Nets and the Phoenix Suns. That's going to be fun to watch again. The Nets will be without Kevin Durant, and the Suns will be able to see uh, how they play against you know, a real good contender in the East. We saw what they did to Philadelphia. So Devin Booker, been on, been on fire lately. I really like the way that they've had... Um, Chris Paul and them work together, so that should be fun. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a good game to watch. I'm definitely gonna make sure I check that out. And then last but not least, uh, this game has been postponed, but Spurs versus Pistons. There was um some contact tracing last I checked on the Spurs side, so they're gonna sit that out. But the Spurs at 16 and 11 are in the thick of the Western Conference playoff chase. Demar Derozan has been playing super solid, just under the radar. 19 points, five rebounds, seven assists, just about, and he's been playing so solid, making tough shots, bring continuity to the Spurs offense, and honestly. I went from thinking that they should make him available in trades to no. I think they should keep him around. It's like an older vet. He's only 31. Resign him on a manageable deal and keep him around for a couple of years and, and help with this uh, young core for the Spurs. All right, well, that'll just about do it here for me on Round Ball Ramble. You know where to find me. Go on Twitter, Corbin NBA. Definitely make sure to check that out. Hoop Ball. I say it all the time but they have the greatest fantasy stuff you need. I'm telling you, all the resources, the exclusive hoop ball email newsletter, you get the bruise letter, that's exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. Check them out, hoop-ball.com, on Twitter, at hoopballtweets. You got your NBA news, you got your team coverage, you got your fantasy, you got your DFS, you got your gaming. Don't miss any of that. All this stuff is still very much helpful as this season continues going on. Get your daily dish. I've been loving that. It's just these fantasy features that you really would be hard-pressed to find other places. And the amount of free content you get as well? I mean, come on. You talk about bang for your buck. I don't know where else you wouldn't you would get that. But it's not just that. You get the Mavs cast, Lakers cast, Hawks cast, Pelicans cast, and Bulls cast all dropping content along with all the other teams that Hoopball has with eyes, ears, on the ground checking it out. I mean, it, it almost writes itself when you think about it. <laughs> it really does. But just in case you didn't know, I'm going to read them all. Bulls cast, Clippers cast, Grizzlies cast, Hawks, Heat, Kings, Lakers, Mavs, Nets, Pelicans with more to come. I'm sure of it. Of course, you always know to find Round Ball Ramble 
course, you know where to find the foundational podcast, Fantasy NBA Today. Don't miss Box Score Breakdown. Don't miss DFS Today. Don't miss Today in Sports Betting. Just don't miss the content that Hoopball has. All right, y'all. Aside from that, listen, I'm Frosty. Y'all, stay frosty. And I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. (laughs) All right, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.